0: FIRA USA 2022 will be the unique three-day event dedicated to autonomous agriculture and agricultural robotics solutions. Featuring one day of R&D, one day of farm business speakers and an infield demo day. FIRA USA will take place this fall, October 18th to 20th, 2022 in Fresno, California. Discover the latest innovations from manufacturers on robotic and autonomous solutions that can take your farm to the next level. Visit FIRA hyphenagtech.com. That's Fira, F-I-R-A, G T E C H.com. For more information and to register today. Hi, and welcome to the North American Egg Spotlight. I'm Chrissy Wozniak. My guest today is the Chief Counsel of Government Affairs at National Cattlemen's Beef Association. We're going to talk today about the SEC's proposed greenhouse gas disclosure rule. From Washington, D.C., I'd like to welcome Mary Thomas Hart. Welcome and thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thanks for having me on, Chrissy.
0: So first of all, tell me a bit about your background and
1: your role with NCBA. Certainly. So I've been with NCBA for about five years um, in different council roles. So I've, I've been in CBA's environmental council um, and now work as our chief council.
0: That's great. And do you come from a farming background?
1: I do actually grew up on a small operation in North Florida. So D.C. is oh, a big wow. change from growing up in rural America. But um, I, I love my job and love the, the work that I get to do every day.
0: I bet. That's great. So the SEC's greenhouse gas disclosure rule, it was proposed earlier this year. Last, uh, last week, you made the statement, the rule would require data that simply doesn't exist on the farmer ranch level and increases the regulatory burden on individual cattle cattle producers. So can you explain this proposed rule and its implication to farmers? Of
1: course. So, you know, I think we've seen an administration-wide push from the Biden presidency to kind of incorporate climate policy into the the changes and rules that that all agencies are working on and, and kind of pushing through. So this is the SEC's uh, attempt to kind of fall in line with that larger administrative priority um but the SEC was created to regulate market manipulation not environmental regulation right so this new rule kind of threw us all for a loop because you know we thought certainly you know EPA has been working on developing emissions estimation methodologies for about 15 years so that it's a little odd for the SEC to kind of come out and And require these mandated reports um, for something that is so far out of their jurisdiction. But what the rule would require is for publicly traded entities that are subject to SEC regulation to submit scope one or direct emissions data, scope two or energy and electricity emissions um, data. And Scope 3, or supply chain emissions data. So that means that any publicly traded company that sells beef would be required to submit data from emissions from their beef supply chain. And CBA has policy that directly opposes the mandated reporting of greenhouse gas emissions to the federal government. So even though it's through these publicly traded companies, we still have a lot of concern.
0: Yeah, for sure. And on September 15th, chair of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, Gary Gensler said in his testimony uh, before the committee, he said, quote, first, markets work best when they're efficient. That efficiency is achieved through the tools of transparency and competition. We have projects designed to drive greater efficiency in the treasury markets, the equity markets and private funds. But from what I understand, this proposed rule is far from efficiency Uh, when it comes to the beef industry for sure so what are your thoughts on that
1: that's a great question i'm really glad that you kind of plugged that statement from the chair because i think you know we were all kind of confused when we heard him say that um if you're a cattle producer right now you are about to be subject or you could potentially be subject to passing along information you know up the supply chain when you sell your cattle that you simply don't have access to um Currently, there is no accurate methodology for an individual farm or ranch to accurately calculate its emissions, right, based on its acreage, based on its precipitation, based on the number of cattle. There are so many factors, and we know that that there is no, like, one-size-fits-all calculation for this data that, that the SEC is proposing to require, On the other hand, you have investors who want access to this information, right? That's the reason the SEC wrote the regulation. Investors are asking for more and more supply chain data. And I think we'll be more willing to share it when we have an accurate way to calculate it. But to put inaccurate data in the hands of investors is not responsible financially. Um, I don't think that it's it's a responsible decision on behalf of the SEC.
0: For sure. Those are really great points. And so what is NCBA trying to achieve in this matter? What are your goals?
1: Obviously, our first priority, so NCBA submitted a set of comments with 10 other national ag trade associations, and we also submitted comments with all 44 of our state affiliate associations, um, sending a pretty strong message to the SEC that we don't want the agency to require scope three reporting. There are gaps in data. We don't understand how the process is going to work. I think the agency is largely leaving it up to these private or these publicly traded companies. To kind of figure out how they're going to to gather this data, um, which is concerning for us. We at least would like, you know, clear guidance on how they expect this information to be collected. And until they have that, uh, they shouldn't be able to require that that data be, be given to them. So, you know, that's, I think, our first request eliminate Scope 3 reporting. The backup to that is that the SEC make explicitly clear in the final rule that if they're going to require Scope 3 reports, um, that that information be taken from existing publicly available data sets. So two examples, the USDA conducts a beef lifecycle analysis every five years where we get an estimated emissions and an emissions estimation per pound of beef right so that would be something that you know the sec could allow companies to use as a calculation the epa also publishes an annual greenhouse gas emissions inventory and that tells us about how how much emi- ha- the emissions that we could estimate per head of cattle so those are two publicly available existing data sets that could be used by public publicly traded companies to report their emissions without having to get information directly from producers. I think we would be happy with that as a backup.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to use, you know, nothing like putting the cart before the horse when some of these things, right? Like we're going to report on data, but we don't have the data yet. So those would be some good examples. Thank you for sharing those. And um, individual cattle producers, they've sent um, over 7,400 emails to the SEC and members of Congress expressing their concern over it, what else can be done? Should they still be emailing, still be writing, still be calling?
1: This has certainly gotten the attention of Congress. So, you know, I would recommend to producers, if if this is something that you're concerned about, let your congressmen and senators know, because I think, you know, it is gaining momentum uh, in the House of Representatives, in the Senate. More and more members of Congress are aware of this, are concerned specifically about the impacts to farmers and ranchers. So keeping that momentum up, keeping that drumbeat is going to be really important. You know, in the banking hearing that you mentioned with Chair Gensler last week, we saw concern on both the Democratic and Republican sides of the committee specifically related to impacts on farmers and ranchers.
0: Yeah, that's good. And to me, these a lot of these regu- regulations they they seem like they're a way for big corporations to kind of pass the buck. You know, their CEOs can still fly around in their jets and have their big houses, but they're put they're putting pressure on those that are further down the chain, the ones that are closest to the land, in an effort to offset and account for their profitability and whims. Uh, do
1: you think that's an accurate assessment? So I think that may be a part of the conversation. We also watch, you know, a very small group of investors who are really only interested in putting their money into environmentally sustainable corporations. Um, and that's really the group that's asking for this information. Okay. And we, we appreciate their, their interest. We appreciate their um, desire to invest in sustainable entities. We think that, you know, investment in companies that sell U.S. beef is, and North American beef is an excellent, sustainable investment. You know, we have proven year over year that U.S. beef production is sustainable than beef production in almost any other country in the world. So we, we work really hard to, to maintain that. Um, and we think that investors should be able to follow the data um, and confidently be able to invest in, in companies that sell U.S. beef.
0: Right. Yeah. And and inviting farmers to the table for this conversation is a super important part, right?
1: It is. It's always important, you know, whether we're talking about the SEC or the EPA or the USDA anytime the administration is going through a rulemaking, having farmers and ranchers at the table is so important, not only because, you know, of the direct impacts to farmers and ranchers, but in this case, I think the SEC didn't even think about the potential impacts to farms and ranches when it proposed the rule. You know, it, it didn't take the time to engage with the agricultural industry. If it had had one conversation with, with farmers and ranchers, with the associations that represent farmers and ranchers, I think, you know, they would have seen this coming. But really, they were kind of caught off guard when the rule was proposed and the ag industry kind of got pretty upset. Um, so I think it's it's an important lesson learned for this administration. Right. That makes sense.
0: And uh, switching gears a little bit, in the past, you've covered the Waters of the United States Act. Um, can you give me an update of where we stand with that today? I know that's There's something a- that NCBA definitely cares about.
1: Great question. There's a lot going on right now. So yeah. um, actually last week, EPA sent its final version of the Biden administration's WOTUS rule to the White House. And that's the last step before that regulatory definition is finalized. When that's finalized, it will be the third iteration of a regulatory WOTUS definition. We had the Obama rule, we had the Trump rule, and now we're going to have the Biden rule. And while that's, here. <laughs> while that's happening, while that's all happening simultaneously, the Supreme Court is going to consider the definition of WOTUS in Sackett versus EPA. That case is going to be heard on October 3rd, 2022. So just in a couple weeks. And we continue to ask EPA to push pause on its rulemaking until we hear from the Supreme Court. But the EPA seems determined to to get a rule published, get a rule finalized. So we could certainly be in a space where we have competing definitions of WOTUS and the agencies are again required to go back and update that definition after the Supreme Court issues its opinion. So it's going to be a busy year in the world of lotus.
0: Yes, it sounds like sounds like you'll have to come back on the show after that and give us your your take on everything that's happening. It's it's been a lot of ups and downs for sure. Yes, yeah.
1: happy happy to come back and talk about lotus.
0: <laughs> that's good. So, um, yeah, the, one last question for you why Why do you serve the ag industry personally?
1: You know, I, I grew up in a, a very rural community, grew up on a farm. Um, my mom was an extension agent. And my dad helped dairy farmers write their NPDES permits, their Clean Water Act permits. So I've been surrounded by it from an early age. Um, and, you know, I think probably when I was in college, I tried to not. Work on ag issues. I tried to learn something different, do something different, but it just pulls you back. So, came to DC and realized that ag issues are really the only ones that I care about. So, happy to be here, happy to be doing this work.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And thank you for all you do because we need voices over there.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Chrissy. <laughs> and uh, where can people find out more about NCBA and what you, they're doing? You can go to policy.ncba.org to get the latest on all of the issues that we've talked about today.
0: Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And thanks to all who are watching or listening. If you want to learn more, the links are provided in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to North American Egg Spotlight on YouTube, Rumble, Telegram, or Egg Views. And the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts and have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to today's Egg Spotlight episode where we put the spotlight on people and companies doing great things for the agricultural industry. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or on your favorite podcasting platform, and give us a five-star review. You can also follow us on YouTube and Rumble to see the video version of Ag Spotlight. Also, head on over to NorthAmericanAg.com to subscribe to our Industry Connect update newsletter. If you're interested in advertising opportunities, email us at connect at NorthAmericanAg.com. Thanks for listening. Our newest podcast by North American Ag is called What Color Is Your Tractor? The stories behind the egg brands you love and the egg brands you love to hate. Hosted by me, Chrissy Wozniak. We take a deep dive into the companies that have built modern agriculture. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Go to whatcolorisyourtractor.com. Available on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. FastLine Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit FastLine.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the FastLine Auctions platform, July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to NorthAmericanAg.com slash FastLine webinar. That's NorthAmericanAg.com slash FastLine webinar to register now.